Welcome to the Raw podcast at Manchester Metropolitan University and to our seventh episode in our new mini-series. In this episode, I will be speaking to Xavier Aldana Reyes about his research in contagion films and the zombie. We will cover how and why the zombie is the perfect embodiment for contagion, how fear permeates films which deal with contagion, in particular horror films, and how this relates to our thoughts and anxieties surrounding pandemics and how Contagion moves between genres such as noir, sci-fi and comedy. So let's get into it. Okay, so I'm here with Xavier Aldana Reyes, and today we're talking about pandemic films. Uh, So welcome, Xavier, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, So would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Yes, I am a reader in the English department and I teach film and literature mostly. So when I first started trying to think of kind of pandemic films then, the most obvious that came to mind were zombie films. And we seem to have a kind of obsession with zombies in the 21st century. Um, So how do you think the messages about kind of disease or contagion have changed over time or culture? And why do you think we do have this obsession with zombies now, maybe? Well, I think that in in many respects, zombies are the perfect embodiment for viruses um, because they're not necessarily cognizant. You know, they don't think, they act on instinct. um, And they're also very much obsessed with reproducing or, you know, the the zombies tagline normally is brains, isn't it? You know, it just wants to eat. And normally a zombie bite will mean either instant contagion or, or gradual contagion. So in that respect, I think that zombies are, in a sense, the embodiment um, of viruses, of, of pandemics. I also think that um, unlike, say, vampires, which have more of a history that sort of like uh, is steeped in folklore and religion, you know, if you think about vampires, you normally think about the cross um, or holy water as a way of um, guarding against them. Uh, zombies, especially since the 1960s, are much more secular um, in the way that they're represented. You know, we, we don't get rid of zombies with any kind of religious tool, we normally either have to shoot them in the head or, you know, or dispose of them um, in some other way. So I think that they're very sort of like materialist and they speak well to the kind of concerns that we have nowadays, which are to do with things that we can't control, like pandemics. You know, that's one of the reasons why I think they've been so popular. They sort of speak well to the kinds of global concerns um, that we have now. Um, If you think about the way that zombies, they're, they're always all over the place at the same time, you know, again, that's I think that mirrors our concern with like immediate travel, um, you know, how easy it is for contagions to spread um, and so on. Um, And I think one last thing that I'd say about why zombies are significant is I think that um, in many ways, because there's been some erosion between what a zombie is and what a rabid human is, you know, in a film like 28 Days Later, technically they're not really zombies, they're rabid humans, but they operate and work like zombies. We sort of like used a lot of that language that comes from zombie films to sort of uh, talk about epidemiology. Um, I remember there were um, articles um, coming out uh, during the Ebola crisis and SARS that sort of used the same language as zombie films. So yeah, I think they speak to each other and zombie Zombies, in a way, have sort of like become uh, a contemporary um, focus of attention. But obviously, it's been there always, our interest in contagion. Well, the more I started thinking about it, the more films I started to think of that would fit into this category of kind of pandemic films, from kind of post-apocalyptic stuff to kind of comedy stuff to historical films as well. 
Um, so why do you think that the breadth of this category can be so large? And does the way that disease is represented change across genres? So contagion is something that can uh, sort of cross over into very various different genres. Um, and it's something that's always obsessed us because, you know, for as long as we've existed, virus have existed and there's something that we cannot see. Um, so obviously that creates a certain sense of, of anxiety of, of not knowing what happens. And our knowledge of virus viruses is quite um, recent as well. So for that reason, contagion as a trope, it's been there for a long, long time. I think... Um, in that respect, we could sort of say that generally, irrespective of um, genre, you normally have the the, the healthy person um, or the doctor, you know, the person who can sort out the virus as the good one. Um, and you normally have uh, either the infected or um, the monster that stands in for the infected as sort of the body. Normally, you are rooting for the person to eradicate uh, the virus. Where sort of like different genres do different things is, for example, um, the noir normally tells, tends to um, sort of embody the virus virus in, in, in one person. So you'll sort of have it reduced to a vector of contagion. And that will be the person that, that's looked after, that's um, sought for, you know, that needs to be either quarantined or eradicated. Um, so I'm thinking of films, for example, like um, The Killer That Stalked New York from 1950, where it's a sort of an outbreak of smallpox, and it can be whittled down to this one woman who travels from Cuba, uh, who is spreading the virus. And so the whole film is about finding her. Um, you know, that, that's kind of what film noir can do really well. When I'm thinking of, of like uh, sci-fi and horror, for example, uh, what you can do with that is sort of monsterize the virus, It'll turn it into a monster. Um, so in something like the Andromeda strain, you know, it's an alien virus. We don't know anything about it, um, which is what tends to happen when a virus first, you know, breaks into um, um, the social sphere. So it represents that very well. With horror, we tend to be more interested in sort of like the dramatics that come with it, the panicking that comes with it. And then, of course, there's the melodrama side of things, you know, from a film like Jezebel in the 30s to later um, melodramas like Philadelphia in the 1990s about the AIDS crisis. Those films tend to be more about the human cost of um, uh, pandemics, and they tend to sort of centre on how a particular illness gets in the way of either a romantic relationship or some sort of family drama. Not unlike, say, how um, wars, for example, come into um, relationships, say, like Gone with the Wind. So um, there's sort of like a certain strand that remains the same, but different genres think on, on different aspects to sort of develop that, that sort of speak more, uh, that speak better to the, their interest, the dramatic interests of that genre. And obviously, the horror genre that you mentioned has a huge kind of element of fear in how we conceive of pandemics and the infected in those films. So how does fear play a role in kind of how we conceive of pandemics more, more broadly and how disease is conceived of on screen? That's a very good point, because obviously horror is ultimately consumed with, you know, creating fear and its subsidiary emotions, you know, whether that's dread or the, the shock, you know, the, the, the discovery of, you know, the infected or whatever. Um, I think what horror does really well, of course, is um, sort of channel um, panic, you know, as a reaction. So um, when I kept seeing those videos of people uh, stocking a blue roll, for example, I kept on thinking, you know, that's the kind of reaction that you get in uh, survival 
populist horror. You know, it's every man for for themselves. So um, I think horror can do that really well. Can sort of explore the panic side of uh, contagion really well. It's sort of what what's human about those reactions. You know, the idea of protecting yourself, especially in American films, of protecting your family. That sort of vigilante style um, sort of attitude to you know that we see in something like The Walking Dead. Um, so I, I think. Uh, horror can sort of channel that better than other genres but ultimately of course it will be interested in creating some sort of emotional empathy in the viewer and so contagion will be used perhaps exploitatively to sort of um, scare you as well and one thing that struck me was kind of that the fear is largely about people too about kind of people who might be carriers people who might be kind of desperate to survive and that kind of every man for himself thing that you mentioned and also kind of people in power who might not make the right decisions about how to kind of control the crisis. Um, so I just wondered if you could say a little bit about that. Yes, definitely. Uh, these narratives are always about societal collapse um, and they're always about um, exactly what do we want to bring back from the society that collapsed. Obviously, that speaks to our concerns about, you know, our governments acting the way that they should. You know, no no government reacts in exactly the same way. So which is the best way? Which is the worst way? In terms of uh, what you were saying about survivalism, that's such a significant part, especially um, what we were talking about before, the zombie um, film. They're very much about the idea this sort of moral relativism that what's good for for a group of people, for a community of people, might not be good for another community of people. But ultimately, communities of people is how we function socially. So um, The Walking Dead has done that really well in terms of exploring, you know, the particular trajectory of one group of survivors and how, like, they're coming into contact with other groups of survivors is not always the best thing for either side because they're all just trying to survive. So I think um, these stories... Contagion horror, if you like, tends to sort of uh, question whether there is such a thing as a, a general good or whether good is always effectively a selfish thing, which I think is interesting. So many films like From Carriers to The Road, It Comes at Night, for example, is another film that sort of like, you know, puts as much fear on others, you know, the fear of the person, especially people who come from outside the community into, um, you know, a surviving community that sort of questions that. I think also uh, much more than ever before we're imagining the apocalypse you know the end of things perhaps that's sort of a reaction to um, what we perceive as an unsustainable economic system i think climate change has had a lot to do with it um, there's a lot of overlap between apocalyptic um, fictions zombie fictions uh, contagion fictions and uh, climate change cli-fi i think i think it's called now and what's interesting about them because we've always had dystopian fiction is that uh, they are placed a lot sort of closer in the future than they used to be. We used to fantasize about the end of the world a hundred years in. Now it's more like 10, 20, 30 years. So I think it has to do with our perception that some of um, the habits that have become sort of like day-to-day uh, -day habits for us um, are not necessarily sustainable in the long term. And another thing that I thought of when I was kind of thinking of these films was the kind of strain of comedy zombie films and kind of Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland and things like that. And I found that really, really interesting and a little bit strange that that fear that you've already described can also kind of lend itself to comedy. Um, so why do you think that is? Well, I think um, sort of 
horror in its gothic bent or, or otherwise has always sort of been a, a source of parody from the very beginning. If you think about, say, for example, the, the very first um, trick films, you know, where ghosts are most of the time not real. You know, it's some, somebody, you know, it's a hoax or somebody sort of uh, trying to convince someone else that a ghost exists so that they can, I don't know, take over the house or something. Um, I think the potential has always been there to sort of like poke fun at it. And I think um, what makes zombies particularly so good source of humor is that they embody all of the corporeal side of us, you know, in its most abject form. You know, they ooze, they break, all of the icky things about being human. They lend themselves to that kind of slapstick kind of humor. And they're also, as I said before, they don't necessarily think. Uh, I think the conscious zombie is a, a case apart, but the sort of like unconscious um, instinctual zombie is sort of like um, a modern version of um, that typical figure of um, comedy, the fool, right? They can just be um, driven into places. They can be sort of like played with. I think at one point in Shaun of the Dead, you know, when they throw the, um, uh, what is it, the LP and, and sort of like gets stuck in the head. It's a moment of comedy because also, the thing with um, zombies is uh, you can hurt them in many ways because they don't actually hurt. They're already dead. So, yeah, that, that lends itself to all sorts of um, slapstick uh, numbers, I think. And I mean, I'm a big fan of Shaun of the Dead, so I kind of had to ask that question. <laughs> um, but so what would be your kind of pandemic film recommendation then? I think I have two. Um, one if you're up for something bleak and then another one if you're up for something a bit more upbeat. Although, of course, these are contagion films about the end of the world, so maybe maybe upbeat is not the word. Um, the bleak one, I would probably have to say um, The Seventh Seal, Ingmar Bergman, um, 1957 film. It's a great sort of reflection, not just on pandemic and the helplessness of, of sort of dealing with something that you've no ultimate control over. It's a great reflection of um, um, how we take to religion as an answer, for example. Uh, but it's also an interesting um, introspective view of death. There's a really interesting game of chess between uh, death and one of the characters who's trying to uh, distract death so that he will uh, save himself and, and others. Um, at one point, death, you know, sort of says, no one escapes me, um, which just strikes me as an interesting um, concept. And it's got this beautiful image at the end of, uh, of a sort of like a dance macabre um, on a mountain. So that's, that's one for the introspective person who does not mind a bit of bleak. Um, if you want something a bit more uplifting, um, I've always loved The Stand, the Mick Garry's uh, miniseries. It's a really interesting adaptation of the Stephen King novel, um, where sort of survivors of this, you know, cataclysmic pandemic that's killed 99% of the world start sort of like gathering together. Uh, you know, some of them gather into the side of good and the other half sort of gather in the side of bad. And unlike the novel, it has a, a positive ending. And I've always found it one of the most compelling um, horror films uh, to watch, especially uh, regarding Contagion. Well, thanks, Xavier, for joining us on the Raw podcast. Brilliant. Thank you for having me again. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for future podcast updates. You can find us at MMU underscore Ra. Tune back in soon for more episodes. This episode of the Raw podcast was produced, presented and edited by Lucy Simpson and mixed by Julian Holloway.